Hey there, welcome to this excellent church. We believe the word of God is the charter of our lives and God's way to reshape values and reconcile men to himself. We hope this message brings edification, exhortation and comfort. Be blessed. Praise God. Okay, so let's start. Matthew chapter 26. So what I want to do is, I want to first just give us a, 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 a brief exhortation just to talk about the purpose of what we are doing and then um, we will give God thanks as the Lord asks us to do. We'll spend some quality time worshipping the Lord, thanking God for what he has done, um, thanking God for everything that he has done and then um, the deacons and elders will lead us in cycles of prayer. They will, they will give us things to pray about. Um, because all of us have different, um, we're all in different places spiritually. That's just the truth. We're all in different places spiritually. The truth is that if we leave everybody to just pray um, the way they want, we might not be helping them because people have a lot of things that they have to pray for, but in, it might not occur to them. Do you understand that? People have things to pray for. All of us have things to pray for. When we begin to pray for things one by one, you will see that Omo, this thing is good to pray for it. This thing I should I pray for it. But if you are alone, you will not know that these are good things to pray for. Praise God. So we're going to have cycles of 30 minutes where Dickens will come up to lead us on particular topics and call us to pray. But you pray for yourself. It's not really be corporate prayers like you know, Christian traditional corporate prayers where we pray together and say the same words. You know, we'll pray more like charismatics where everybody prays on their own, but together in the same direction. Um, so the deacons will come and we'll do that in 30 cycles of 30 minutes. Then at the end, when we are done, I will come up again and then we'll spend some time now praying specifically at um, with, with some more liberty, whereby you pray for things on your heart as they are burdening you, burdening you specifically. Then we'll close up, close with a, with a um, period of doing what the apostles asked us to do um, in James chapter 5, where they said that if anybody's afflicted, if anybody's sick, come forward where the elders will pray for you. Then, so in that during that time, um, even after praying, you still want the elders to pray with you. <clears throat> then we can come up and we can pray. And then there's some other things that my mind that want us to also pray about. So we'll use that prayer to also pray and then we'll close. Praise God. So we're going to have a good time. You'll be happy that you came. And that's the way our vigils will, um, the shape our vigils will take. This is the first vigil we're having as a local church. We started barely, um, a little over two years ago. But before then, we've been going through the wilderness. We started in my parlor and then we moved to a place where we could only meet on Sundays and then we're meeting um, Wednesdays in my parlor. So we've never really had the liberty to have vigils as such. And because of that, it didn't really occur to us. But now that we have moved here, um, that we have a place that is our own, now, now we can have vigils and all that. Before, what we we're doing was on Sundays, the Sundays after the um, a week month, we'll have Carry Sunday. You guys remember, right? And in Carry Sunday, we'll pray and all that. But now, since we now have our place, thank God for that. Um, we'll be able to pray more so we can now do our carries video. So that's why we call it carries video. Hallelujah. So that we can now do all, or do, you know, can now pray well. Hallelujah. So my, the main source of my exhortation today is just watch and pray. And I want to tell you the reason why long prayers are necessary. <clears throat> and as, as we strive to do in this church, we try, we try to be honest as much as it's within us. And honestly and truly, 
the apostles, the Lord and the apostles did not give us any clear prescriptions on how long we should pray. The apostles and the, the Lord and the apostles did not give us any clear prescriptions on how long we should pray. So that is the reason why um, it would be dishonest for me to tell you that um, the Bible says that we need to be having vigils and everything. But I want to tell you the reason why what we are doing is biblical. Even though the Lord did not say um, prayer should be all night or you must have vigils from time to time. I want to tell you the reason why having long prayers is biblical. Because you hear people say things like, God hears our prayer even before we pray. God has already heard our, our the prayers of our hearts, our heart desires. So really and truly, why are we now spending long? Are we not just repeating ourselves, um, repeating ourselves as if God does not hear? Why are we just taking time and repeating ourselves? I want us to look at it together, just briefly, before um, you know we we start to pray. Hallelujah. So in Matthew chapter twenty-six, from verse thirty-six, Matthew twenty-six, verse thirty-six. Then Jesus went to his disciples. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. You know, the Lord was truly God and truly man. And so, being truly God and being truly man, the human nature, he had one will, but the human nature inside of him, right, um, participated in prayer as a person would participate in prayer towards God, church out together. And it's very interesting to see that being truly human, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That's why we say, blessed are those that mourn. Truth is that. There's a way that if you're feeling materially comfortable, your impetus to pray can be blunted. And that is the reason why the way we see our suffering is not the way God sees our suffering. We see our suffering as Satan is doing something. God is saying it as, this thing is for your good. It's helping you. You're a better man when you suffer. Because the Lord is saying something. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What that means is that as some painful things that you are going through, the response to those painful things is not to stay in your room and be depressed and be contemplating suicide. It's not to stay in your room and to cut off yourself from other believers and be saying, um, nobody came to visit me, nobody came to check on me when I was going through a lot of things. The solution to when you are, when your soul is, when your soul is overwhelmed with sorrow is not just to stay on your own. There's something that we usually say in theological circles, and I always like to qualify it. You guys, I'm not like to qualify it. We like to say that um, some things in the Bible are prescriptive and some things are descriptive. But then people have noticed that I always, I always end it with saying something that even though some things are prescriptive and some things are descriptive, the things that God, that the Bible describes about the Lord and the apostles' conduct are what? Prescriptive. Because the Bible, the Paul tells us that to follow him as he follows Christ. He told Timothy that the things that you have heard me say and do in the presence of many witnesses also commit. So 
yes, some things are clearly prescribed, but some things are described about the Lord and the apostles' conduct. The things that those things that they described are prescriptive for us. They are prescriptive for us. When God does something, God in the flesh does something. It's not um, Jesus did not say we should pray for long. It is now this is what Jesus did. Therefore, praise God. So when your soul is overwhelmed, just like the Lord did, the Lord did not say, I am God. And really and truly, you know, um, we can conceive, we can conceive of Jesus saying, I know what I want to do. He will just blunt the human side of his nature. Do you understand? And just, just dampen it and just say, we go to the cross. We move. This is what I plan to do before time began. I plan to do this, I'll do this. We move. But he did something. He said, stay here and keep watch with me. Then he went to pray. Verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. When you are in trouble, when you are afflicted, the answer is to fall to the ground before God and what? Pray. He said, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Because in this church, we have a big God theology, just like the Bible prescribes for us to, to have. Just like the Bible prescribes for us to have. There are some times that you are going through things and you want some things in your life. You pray for them. It is in prayer that if those things are not, your, not the will of God for you, that you can even resolve them. You understand that? There are some things, really and truly, Paul makes it clear for us in Romans chapter 8 that many times what we are praying is not even what the will of God is for us. So the Holy Spirit actually has to be an intercessor for us. Do you understand that? You know we cannot see beyond our nose. Many times what you are asking for, you are in trouble. The way that you want God to answer that prayer might not be the way that will be good for you. You know. Jesus gives us an example here. He says, if this cup will pass over me, but yet not my will, but your will be done. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Two things I want to bring out from this. This passage has a lot of layers to it. Um, the first thing says that, can you not keep watching me for, for one hour? Then he went inside to pray. You know, he had already prayed for a while. Then he came, and then the Bible says that he, verse 22 now says, he went away a second time and prayed. Prayed again. Then he came back again. He found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went again once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. So we know that for at least one hour, at least one hour, the Lord went to pray, came back, saw them sleeping, went back to pray. They didn't give us, he didn't give us the exact amount of time, but if we can want to make a reasonable guess, it's something like that. Do you understand that? And then he came again and went the third time to pray. So the Lord devoted considerable hours that night to pray. We also know from the book of Luke chapter 6 that whenever the Lord wanted to do something, whenever the Lord wanted to do something um, monumental, so to speak, you will see him praying all night. In Luke chapter 6, before he commissioned the disciples, the Bible says that he went up and was prayed all night. In another place, the Bible tells us that he went up and prayed all night. So, praying long hours is something that the Lord did. Praying long hours, praying all night, praying long hours is something that the Lord did. 
So if it was not necessary, if there was anybody that long prayer was not necessary for, it is the Lord, say you know. If there was anybody that long prayer was not necessary for the person, it is who? The Lord. So we can say that from the Lord's um, example, that long prayers are good and long prayers are necessary. Now, are we just doing it because, okay, we have heard um, the Lord is our example, therefore, let's just do what the Lord did and so that we can be good Christians. If we do that, by the next generation that comes, they will lose it because there's something that happens when we pray. You will notice something. In verse 38, the Lord said, My soul is about to be sorrow to the point of death. Stay here, keep watch with me. In verse 40, he said, He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus says, watch, watch, watch and pray. Out of the reasons why entering in prayer, staying long in prayer is necessary. It's part of Christian way of prayer is that people who truly believe that God is sovereign. So there are two parts to it. When we pray, we are supplicating, we are talking to God, we are interceding on behalf of people. Whichever way, we are talking to God, right? We are asking God and admonishing God, um, you know, pleading with God, whatever word you want to use. But there is a God-word part of the prayer. But then there is a man-word part of it where God is also responding to us, where God speaks to us, where God touches our hearts, where God ministers to us in different ways. There are two parts. You see those two parts? They are necessary. Um, if um, they are very praying long prayers, is necessary for those two parts. Let me explain. For the first part that is towards God, for the first part that is towards God, where we are talking to God and you know spending time talking to God and talking to God, and spending time in prayer is not us repeating ourselves. When the Lord was talking about telling the Pharisees that they were repeating themselves and making vain repetitions, that was not that was not talking about people staying long in prayer. When he said vain repetitions, it means actually vain repetitions. So there was a conduct of the Pharisees whereby in their eloquence, I've seen some people growing up doing it. My father used to do it, you know, for the sake of this thing. Um, sometimes he, and this is, you know, this week, you know, it's recently that we thought that prayer was just speaking in tongues and walking up and down and that's prayer. Christians have always um, prayed in their understanding and then people can also hear them and so their prayer can also be a blessing to other people. We hear my dad just saying things like eloquently saying certain things. We say, Father, Lord, and God. He will now use some big words. He will, it's like as if he's preaching. My mom will not be rolling her eyes. So there's this temptation that people have where you are praying performatively for people. So you'll be repeating yourself in eloquent ways so that people can hear your prayer and can see the depth of revelation that you have. And so that's empty repeating yourself, emptily repeating yourself, emptily repeating yourself. I've heard some sensationalists said that Jesus was actually talking about speaking in tongues. That I was like, I don't think so, because obviously his priorities were not speaking in tongues, obviously. So it was not about speaking in tongues, but it was about that um, performative gesture towards people. But I don't want to go into all that because there's no time. I don't want to go into those scriptures and all that. Staying long in prayer and dwelling on a particular thing is not emptily repeating yourself. Rather, it is an emphasis. And the reason why I was, I was explaining is that 
towards God is that if you have a big God theology, if you truly believe that the Lord is sovereign, then your prayer will take time. The reason why your prayer takes time is because you believe that it is the Lord whose disposition, it is, it is in the Lord's disposition to answer prayer. What I mean by that is this. There is a reason why when you are going, and this is the kind of, this is why the Lord used that parable, a similar parable in Luke chapter 18. These are the meanings of that. This is the meaning of that parable. Luke chapter 18, men not always to pray and not to think. This is the real meaning. None of you need something from the governor of Lagos State. And the governor of Lagos State will say, come by one. Like, remember when you're looking for jam, and maybe your father had connection with the DVC, and he says, come by 12. If you're in the waiting room and you send in text and say, sir, I've arrived. If he tells you, I'm in a meeting, wait. What do you do? How many of you stand up and go? You will wait until the one who has the power, the one who is sovereign in that situation, can come and deliver you. You will wait. And your waiting there is not a sign that you don't believe the person cannot help you. You understand that? In fact, your waiting is proof that you know that the person can what? Help you. If the person could not help you, what will you do? Walk away. Because growing up, you know, you've heard that thing before. Say, you don't need to repeat yourself too much in prayer because God has helped you. No. Dwelling in prayer is actually evidence that you know that the sovereign Lord you are praying to can help you. Just like you will wait for the governor to finish his meeting, even if he tells you to come by 12. You will wait till 6 p.m. Because you know when he finally shows up, he will help you and your life will change. That's why we stay in prayer because the one that we are praying to, we know that it is within his power to do it. And so our tiring in prayer is evidence that he will do it. We are staying there, pouring out our hearts in emphasis towards the one who is able to deliver us. So our staying in prayer is because we believe that he will. It is because we know that he is able. We know that he is willing. He is our good father to give us the best for us. all together. So the reason why Jesus was staying long and getting married is not because he was not sure whether his father hears him. He knows his father hears him all times, at all times. But that staying there is a proof that, you know, he believes in the one that he's praying to. The second side about it is that in receiving from the Lord, there's also that need to stay in prayer. Okay, you know that if you believe the Lord is sovereign, you will not just pray for five minutes and tell the Lord, Lord, fix this and walk away. You know, you know a sovereign God, you know, you know you can't talk to a sovereign person like that. There's nothing like, Lord, fix this right now. So staying in prayer is actually proof that you know that the person you are talking to is not your mate. But Jesus said, watch and pray. And I like, permit me, let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2. This scripture is a scripture that um, really helps to put it in a very um, narrative form so that you can really appreciate it. It's just verse 1 we'll read. I will stand at my watch. Jesus said we should watch and pray. Then Habakkuk is giving a narrative of that, a picture. I'm trying to paint a picture of it. He says, I will stand at my watch 
and station myself on the ramparts that is at the top of the castle or those high parts of the castle where, where um, the um, the scouts, the what watchers stay to look at if an army is coming from afar, from afar and all that. He says, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Bastunal says, then the Lord replied. So we stay in prayer because the Lord is the sovereign one that we are talking to. We are not giving him orders. We are spending time pouring out our hearts to him, enjoying his presence, talking to the sovereign Lord. The second part is that staying and dwelling in, in the Lord's presence, watching to see what he will say to me, watching to enjoy his presence, watching to hear from him. If it is true that prayer is supposed to be a two-way street communication, if it is true that God actually speaks to his people, God ministers to his people's hearts, where will he minister to your heart than in prayer? And then how will he minister to your heart if you're not waiting to hear? So do you understand that? If your prayer is always five minutes prayer, your prayer will be, your Christian life will be defective. So it's true that the Bible does not tell us that we must pray for long. But the Lord gives us their own examples for us to see what praying and praying to a sovereign God really looks like. We spend time expressing ourselves to him and we spend time there waiting so that the Lord will minister to our hearts, touch our hearts and minister, you know, speak to us. Those who have spent time long in praying at this proper prayer because there are some ways that you can go about this thing that you can lose the spirit of it and then prayer will come like an endurance exercise where it's about proving to people, proving to your pastor that you can stand for long and you're not really praying. You know, there's something that I always stress in this church. I love the um, Pastor Shaye articulated it some weeks back. Edification is in participation. There's nothing like they are edifying you in your absence. Say you know. You know they cannot edify you in your absence. There's nothing like edification in your absence. Your mind cannot be absent and you will be edified. There's nothing like your mind can be absent and be edified. So if prayer has become a mere endurance thing, you know, some people might want to argue that even if you are not praying, Learn the endurance for the sake of training and all that. Well, is your prerogative to argue that. But the point remains that during that endurance time when you're not praying, you're not praying. So do you understand that? During that time when you're doing endurance trick, the point remains, whether you're saying you're training for future, that's, you understand that's your problem. The point remains that you are not praying. So, if prayer, if the Lord exemplifies what prayer really looks like for us, what that means is that, you know, when the Lord says men ought always to pray and not to faint, yes, it means that um, when, you know, when you have issues in this broken world and all that, you should keep praying and not give up. But that injunction also has implications even in each episode of prayer. That means that when we are saying men ought always to pray and not to pray and pray without ceasing, yes, it means Make sure that you're always praying. Make sure that you live, live a lifestyle of prayer. Make sure that you don't give up. It also means that sometimes you dedicate time 
to spend in God's presence, praying to God and hearing from God, and you shouldn't faint. You should stay there and stay there until the Lord speaks to you. Yes, truly, it doesn't have to be four hours on the dots. Truly, yes, it doesn't have to be five hours on the dots. But because we are a church and we are at the liberty of doing certain things as that, we can make it four hours on the dots and God will use it. Praise God. Do you understand that? God will use it. So that means there is a place for defining a period of time and says it is between 11 and 4 a.m. Even though we know that our prayer is not defined by the time we spend. That man is just in your pocket. As a church, we can define and say between this time, we want to spend time with the Lord, not fainting and praying to the Lord. Hallelujah. Church, are we together? So I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to do counterfactuals and all those kinds of things. I'm just going to stay with what the, word, the word of what the Lord said. And what the Lord said in this scripture, he was talking to Peter. He said, pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Now, you know, if I wanted to do, like in Nigeria, charismatic, I'll say that's why he betrayed Jesus. But the Lord tells us that, even before that, the Lord, the Lord already says he's going to betray. You understand that? And so let's not play the game of counterfactuals. The point is this. Based on what Jesus said, prayer is powerful in our lives. Prayer is powerful in our lives. That's why we're going to pray about a lot of things. And all those things, we're going to look at it biblically as we're praying. We will see that all those things, prayer is very powerful for them. Prayer is powerful for sanctification. Prayer is important for sanctification. There's a way you will pray that the things that have been tempting you will no more be temptation for you again. Because in prayer, in the sacrament of prayer and giving yourself to God and opening your heart to God, admitting your faults to God and praying that the Lord should cleanse you, you run to the throne of grace to help you when you're in time of need. The Lord will supply grace and help you so that the things that you used to have problem with before, you will just notice that over some time, what you used to pray about, you're no more needing to pray about them again. Church, you understand that? Prayer is important for family, all your family issues, married people. I hope you don't just move and say, Adam and Eve, we move. You pray. Interceding for the body of Christ, praying for your local church, praying for your pastors. Very important, you pray. Praying for your nation, praying for your country, praying for your finances, praying for the work of your hands. The Bible tells us what is good. The Bible tells us how we ought to engage ourselves. The Bible tells us how we ought to make ourselves busy. All these things, you do what? Pray. Watch out together. Because God hears us. The Lord has ordained that it is through our prayer that he will move in our lives. No, we will not say until we pray, God, we are handicapping God. What we are saying is what the Lord tells us, that pray and the Lord will use your prayer to do things in your life. If you don't pray, the Lord will still use your life, but you won't like what you use it for. <laughs> so you understand what I'm saying to you? You won't like it. Pray. When Peter fell for the temptation and denied the Lord, did God not use it for us? I always know it's for example today of how a man can make a mistake. Did God not still use it? Did they not record it? 
<laughs> but if they ask Peter, you like what God used you for? <laughs> Praise God. Church, I hear what I'm saying to you. You know that we've talked about it. In the sovereign will of God, there are some things that are pleasing to God. God makes some things that are pleasing to Him. And there are some things that are unpleasing to Him. Prayer is how the Lord, the Lord uses prayer to keep us using us for those things that are pleasing to Him. So the things that are pleasing that the Bible has made expressly clear for us in the Bible, everything about your life, pray. Pray. Church, you understand that? Pray. Let your prayer be genuine from your heart. That you are praying to a sovereign Lord who hears and you know that he will do it. The reason why I will, if, if um, Tinubu calls me to Abuja and tells me to wait and then I have, end up having to wait for three days, even if all the money that is left in your account is 200,000, you use it to book hotel for those three nights because you know that the person that has called you is, is able and willing to do what he has said he will do. So it is with that same heart that you pray about everything and anything because we know that God is not agnostic on any matter. We are not of them that look at as God as the blind watchmaker that sets the course of humanity like a robot and left it and is looking at it. No, we don't believe that. We know that God is sovereign over every detail. God is either sovereign or he's not. God is either fully involved or he's not involved at all. God is not involved in only the big things, but in the small things he's not involved because it's the small things that make the big things. So God is either sovereign over everything or he's not. He's either sovereign over everything or he's not. I'm very sure that the parents of John and Charles Wesley will have thought that we are just getting married. But bro, you're not just getting married. You are going to give birth to two mighty men of God that you will train. It's not just marriage. It's not just the work of your hands. God can use you for the people in your office to save people. God can bless you and use your finances to meet your needs and to meet the needs of people around you. There is nothing in your life that is just a small thing that we don't pray about. How much more things like temptation are struggling with things? That's when you pray. Those are the things you pray. You pray about. Hallelujah. So church, please, um, deliver yourself from every mind of trying to impress somebody today or trying to prove that you can endure or something. Right? While that has its place, while we can ultimately chalk it up to training, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Because if you pray and you see the power of God, by the next time we're having vigil, nobody will have to call you. Nobody will have to tell you what's up. In fact, even before we call, you will have in your own house. Church out together. Praise God. You understand that? So, that's how we're going to pray today, all right? Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.